Miracy. Okay, I don't have 100,000 followers, which we're, that's not even our goal, right? Our goal is to connect with the ideal clients. So are there two or three people who are constantly engaging with your content that you can specifically reach out to them and say, hey, thanks for being here. What do you want to hear from me next? Do you find yourself in a love-hate relationship with social media? Do you cringe at the idea of posting yet another photo on Instagram or writing a new tweet? Although it's not called tweet now, but whatever it's called. But you also realize the undeniable pull social media has in today's business landscape. Fear not, because in this episode, we are going to unravel that tangled web. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped tens of thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. This is a podcast where we answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. In today's episode, we're diving into the realm that often sends shivers down many a spine, social media. Do you absolutely need it? How do you navigate its choppy waters if you're more of a face-to-face person? My guest today is not only a maestro in the social media sphere, but also empathetic to those who find it daunting. I've invited Lauren Litt to the show to discuss the topic of coaching in social media. Lauren is the founder of Lil Shameless Plug. She's an actor and social media coach. With almost a decade in social media management under her belt, she understands why social media triggers people. Welcome, Lauren. Hi, Melinda. It's so great to be here today. I am super excited to have you on the show and really excited to dive into this topic. But before we do, I'd love for you to share a little bit of your background with our listeners. Yeah, I launched Little Shameless Plug as my quote unquote other dream job about a decade ago. And I did this because I was just so tired of waiting tables. And I also had so many friends who were fantastic creatives or had a really special message to share online. And they couldn't figure out how to make this social media thing work. Now, my own social media journey started, well, when I was little, you know, MySpace page, we were all there. (laughs) But in 2010, I was in a commercial. And now they call it doxing, but that then it was bullying and um, people taking photos and saying I was a drunk and like sharing my phone number online. So I have had both the bad and the really good experiences online of seeing people's businesses grow. And so that's why I understand why these platforms can really bring anxiety, bring damage, the ups and downs, the way it hits the dopamine in our brains, but also the incredible power. So let's harness the power to get messages for good out there. So that's kind of the story of Little Shameless Plug. I love it. Now, we're going to be talking about social media, using it in your coaching business and getting yourself out there, engaging your audiences and all that kind of stuff. And before we do, I love that you have a background in being an actress and both actors, coaches promote themselves. Like how do those two worlds intersect and what can coaches learn from the acting world and how can they use those lessons in social media? Yeah. I mean, as an actor, you know, now you all don't have to do this. Okay. But my very first on-camera acting class decades and decades ago, we were taught that you need to come on camera, do your scene, and then you watch it back, right? It is the most painful 
process in the world to watch yourself. But go ahead and watch yourself back. What are your ticks? When are you actually connecting? Like when are the spaces in, a let's say, a reel you've recorded? You're like, ooh, that does feel good. Like get past seeing your face on camera and start seeing where am I actually connecting with people and where am I maybe a little bit robotic? And if you actually can watch back and learn from what you're doing, that's going to make your content better and better. So as an actor, I think that's the step up that I had in jumping into social media world is I kind of know what this face does and how to, you know, make that work. But anyone can learn this and you don't have to have decades of acting experience in order to do it. Now, most coaches do not have any acting experience. And I know a lot of coaches, I hear this, we work with a lot of new coaches and I hear this so often, some variation of, oh my God, I don't want to put myself out there. And just the idea of Forget if they're even on a video of some sort. Just writing a post that they make is so daunting and so, like, it is almost like, it's you crippling. know, gouge my eyeball out type of yeah. feeling and trepidation that they have. Like, what's going on with that? So when I start working with people, because I'm also a coach, I do, you know, one-on-one -on -one work with people. And in this specific instance, when you're saying, like, I just don't want to, what we need to do is really dial into your why. Because what's happening is you're making it about you instead of about those people who you are helping. And so if you can say, okay, I am here. I'm thinking specifically of a woman who helps people in perimenopause right now who I've been talking to. And she you know, has such deep connection to how she can make this second puberty better for women that when she really ties into that, it is so easy for her to say, oh, I know exactly what that woman needs to say. And then you can create the content. But if you're worried about, oh, I need to make something and I need to impact people, you won't be able to get there. And honestly, it's kind of the same with acting. You know, if I'm focused on how I look on camera only, I'm not going to actually connect and, you know, get the audience to feel what I'm feeling and, and move through the story with me. So you really have to focus on the other, focus on them. When we get really, really specific, we are actually tapping into that universality of the world, the way we're all connected. And so the more specific you can be with people, the better. And where this translates really to new coaches is not only thinking of that one perimenopause coach, it's also saying, okay, I don't have 100,000 followers which we're, that's not even our goal, right? Our goal is to connect with the ideal clients. So are there two or three people who are constantly engaging with your content that you can specifically reach out to them and say, hey, thanks for being here. What do you want to hear from me next? Like, I really want to help you. So what do you need? And so this is normally a question I ask people when they come and follow me. It helps me figure out. One person recently said, I'm scared of sharing too much online. Well, there was my next piece of content, right? So just specifically connect with those individual people because I don't need 10,000 clients. I need six this year. Yeah, ooh, I love perspective. You know, another thing I know when it happened to me when I first started, a lot of the coaches that I experienced, you know, whether they're starting on Instagram, like whatever platform they're starting on, it's inevitable. They'll do something live and one or two people might come and listen. And it's like, oh my gosh. And then they get so down on themselves because they're like, why didn't more people come? I don't have enough. The shoulda, coulda, woulda start happening. Yes. What do you tell coaches that maybe they haven't started or maybe they have and that's been their experience is like, oh, I had one person come. 
join me. I love lives so much, and I love them for a number of reasons. So number one, each platform, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, whatever, they all view lives as proprietary content. Now, we know you can technically go live on LinkedIn and Facebook at the same time, but the way the algorithm treats it, and the algorithm is your friend, um, they think, oh, this is the only space that this person is doing this, right? So lives, unlike any other piece of content, when you go live, everybody following you gets a notification to say this person is live. So number one, everybody is getting that touch from you knowing, oh, okay, Lauren's doing something. Whether or not they show up is not the goal, right? Okay, so they receive that touch. Then after you have gone live for about 24 up to 30 hours, depending on the platform, you are getting a boost in the algorithm. So not only did people get that one wave of like, hey, Lauren just went live. Now they're being reminded, hey, Lauren went live. Go check out her live. They're feeding other pieces of your content into the algorithm for people who have checked you out. So the goal of a live, yes, it would be lovely. You know, I am an actor going and doing a play and having two people in the audience isn't fun, but it's not actually the point of your live. I actually just went live with someone who has a huge following. A dear friend of mine, you know, we were talking, he actually coaches influencers. And so I was talking to him about burnout and anxiety on social media. There were like 20 people that showed up over 40 minutes. And he has a huge following, y'all. Like people aren't showing up to live. So I want you to take the story away from your brain that 100 people are going to show up and ask you all these questions. Like that's not the point. The point is to get it done and make sure the algorithm is sending your content out. I love, again, perspective. The goal is not actually to get them on live. The goal is to do it live so that then the other things begin to happen. Yes. Now, one of the things that I felt when I was, I'm not as prominent on social media. We're doing other things now. But back in the day when I was doing a lot of social media, it was a daily thing for me. That was my commitment the plan that we had set, this is what I wanted to do. And I was doing a lot of lives, just random. Some were random. Some were scripted. Some were just three bullet points or one key idea. It was all over the place. And after doing it consistently daily for a month, you know, I'm on vacation. Got to do my Facebook live. I was in South Africa, safari. And I'm like, oh, I got to do something here now. It was awesome. But there were moments where it would interrupt my life. And I would be like, oh, I just want to be here in this experience, but I need to do this. I need to make this post. And I felt torn. How do you tackle that? Yeah. Here's the way I approach social media. Let's understand the platform we're on and understand the rules of the game so that we can play with it. The days of having to go live every single day or having to post every single day in order to get the algorithm to work in your favor are gone. And there's a variety of reasons for that. But when we are talking about coaches specifically, you are for the most part running your own business. You're a solopreneur. You are wearing many, many hats. And so we need to look at your social media as your marketing bucket. How much time do you have for marketing your business? And whether that is an hour a month or five hours a week, we take a plan and we build it upon your ability to show up. And I very much believe in, oh, I'm on vacation. I'm not going to be on this platform. And it is not going to harm you long term as long as you are letting people know like, hey, I'm going to be back on the 15th. See you all then. And then you jump back in 
and you continue. But the goal is consistency and consistency in a way that you can continue over a length of time because none of us are in business for 30 days. You know, we're all building coaching businesses because we want these to support our life and to help people. And I hope everybody is having a business that lasts them years and years and years. So let's take that 30-day mindset away unless we are testing and tracking and we're figuring things out. And we're like, okay, for 30 days, this is what I'm doing. And then we're going to look back at the data and see, ooh, those three tips are things that people love. Let's continue doing that and let's go with the rest of it. I love it. Now, one of the things when we were preparing for this, there was this idea of living in the messy middle that you talked about. First of all, I love that. One of my nicknames I have for myself is the hot mess. Uh, oh, <laughs> things are not easy and it just gets messy. And the more we can yeah. embrace that, the better it goes. And so I love that phrase that you have. And when I think about coaches, social media, like it is messy. First of all, can you delve into this concept, living in the messy middle and how it can be a game changer for coaches? I mean, I'm a recovering perfectionist my whole life, right? (laughs) Yeah. And so this phrase that I think actually my coach Dallas Travers initially said it, but it's just become my life motto living in the messy middle. And it gives me permission to show up how I am today with the understanding that people aren't expecting perfection, but they are expecting me to do my best. And my best looks different from day to day, right? And so as long as I'm showing up, my intentions are good, I'm doing the best I can in the moment I have. The content I did a month ago, a year ago, is not the best that I can do today, but it was the best in that moment. So it's that embracing where I am, doing it and not letting perfectionism stop me and knowing that I'm growing. I love it. And Dallas has been a guest on our show, by the way. (laughs) And uh, so that's kind of a fun little small world connection there. And I know that with coaches and social media, you talked about showing up how I am today. One of the things that I discovered, the more I got into social media, and I was talking about all things business related, like what I the topic that I coach coaches on. I also got into a lot of personal elements and bringing the personal into it. And so one of the things I discovered was my audience got to know me, the person, not just me, the leader or me, the coach or me, the deliverer of this content that's helping them or whatever. But they got to know me, the person. And I heard from so many people. It's like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much for really letting me see all of you, because now I'm not as afraid to show all of me to my people. And it's just this big permission giver to it's okay to be messy. It's okay to fumble or be vulnerable or share personal stuff inside of our business. Well, I mean, there's some things that you maybe you don't share. Maybe you do. Who knows? Yeah. But I love living in the messy middle. It's a fun motto. And you hit on two really important marketing rules within what you just realized is one, because we live in this influencer, this whole marketing economy, people are used to understanding and believing in a world before they're going to buy. They want to get to really know you. And so this is what we call the 80-20 rule. 80% of your content is give and 20% is take. 80% of your content is about, oh, this is what I teach. And I always use the example of like, I'm a crazy person who makes my own dog food or, you know, here's my garden. And so it's all kind of give and letting people understand who you are. And then 20% of it is, oh, and by the way, you can sign up for a social media audit to get started with me. So it's that balance that will bring people into your world because when you and I were growing up, 
you had to get off the couch to turn the channel on the TV. And so we would watch commercials that were like, buy Crest, Crest is best. And you were like, yes, we're going to go buy Crest. And that is not the way it works anymore. You know, it just doesn't. Now there's this beautiful young woman who wakes up out of bed and smiles and brushes her teeth and has just a promising day. And you're like, that's how I want to feel. Let's go buy Crest. So that's what we're doing on social media. Now, you mentioned the two marketing rules. The first is understanding you before they buy and that balance. What's the second one? The 80-20. So the other one, I like to look at content in a 30-30-30 split, which I know doesn't add up to 100%, but that other 10%, you guys do whatever you want. 30% is going to be your business content. 30% is the passion behind, the why you're doing what you're doing. And then 30% is what I call home. And when you're looking at your home, you want to say, okay, I don't want to show my kids' faces, but I am comfortable showing my dogs, or I am comfortable talking about how I clean my bathroom, or I am comfortable, like, align yourself with here's pieces of my world that I feel super comfortable sharing, and these things are not, and that's fine, but just have that 30% of home content that you can share, not technically about your home, but about who you are, about what makes you unique. Yes. And they get to know you, the person behind the business that you are, And it just really creates a lot of fun engagement. Now, another thing that I've heard you talk about is an analogy of social media routine being more like a hair routine. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, yeah. I have big, wavy, very frizzy hair if I don't take care of it right. (laughs) And so where this analogy came in is when we're creating content for social media, You really do want to put out the best of yourself. You know, you want to put out the best possible content you can. And for my hair, I wash it once a week-ish, sometimes longer. And it takes me, unfortunately, about two hours to do the entire process. It is an intensive situation. You know, there is a wash. There is a plopping. There is a product applying. There is drying that takes 40 minutes. Like, it is just a process for my hair. But... I get shocking, fabulous results, and I get people literally stopping me on the street to like touch my hair, right? Like it is astounding. I'm lucky in that instance. I want your content to be like my hair wash routine. I want you to put out great stop people on the street content and however frequently that means for you. If you're someone who's like, I can wash my hair every three days, fantastic, right? Like not necessarily washing your hair, but if you can put out great content every three days, Let's put out great content every three days. But if like me, it might take you a little bit longer to put that content together or you are marketing as one of the billion hats that you have in your business, let's take it a step back, put out that content once a week, put out that great content once a week and spend the rest of your time on social media supporting it with engagement because you will go way further than if you push yourself to do five posts in a week that are subpar, that aren't your best. And you're just kind of posting and ghosting and moving on with your life because you don't have that time to engage. I love it. Now, you just said a comment. You spend the other time supporting your posts with engagement. Tell us what you mean by that. Yeah. So in my company, we got consultations. We also have full service. In the full service side, when we are totally supporting people on social media, 50% of our time is spent on creating the content. The other 50% of our time is spent engaging with that content. And that engagement is actually what truly builds community. So everyone thinks of social media. You think, oh, I've got to put out, you know, live. I've got to 
put out a post every day. I've got to take pictures of my face. I have to put these really cute backgrounds on something. That's only 50% of the job. What engagement looks like, I have a process for this too because systems are for everything. It's a review, respond, reach out. And this applies to any platform. If you want a really clear walkthrough, come over to my Instagram. You'll find some content about it. But the first step on any platform is you're going to review. So you open up your platform and you're going to say, okay, when did I last post? What's going on in the story of my social media so that I understand it as if someone else coming in understands it? So that's your first thing. Review where you're at. Also, someday you're going to have a VA. Maybe your VA has posted something and you didn't know it posted or they responded to a comment you didn't know, right? Like, so let's take a lay of the land. The second step is response. And when you're starting out with your smaller account, if you have anything under 5,000 followers, I recommend respond looks like anyone who has liked your post, take a look at them. Are they an ideal client? Go over to their profiles, read a little bit, leave a comment, like something that they've done. Um, you're going to respond to every comment with a response of more than three words and not just an emoji. You're actually engaging with people here. And then anybody who's followed you, go ahead, go check them out. If they're an ideal client, leave them a message. Thank them for following you. Ask them what they want. So that's the respond phase where you're responding to people who are already aware of you. And then the third step is reach out. And that looks like searching for phrases or keywords. Maybe you have another coach who also does what you like to do and they have a larger following and you go into their followers or you find people talking about the topic you like and you comment on their stuff. You are now training the algorithm. Oh, let's go back to my perimenopause coach example, right? She's now finding women in their early 40s. So now the algorithm knows, oh, she wants to be connected with more women in their early 40s. Let's put more of them in her feed. Let's put her in their feed. So they are connecting people in that way. So review, respond, reach out. You can do this in as little as five minutes a day. Honestly, it doesn't have to take a bunch of time. So let's talk about that, boundaries, because a lot of coaches get sucked into social media platform, what are some of the boundaries that coaches should put in place or what are healthy boundaries? Yeah, great. One, it's not your fault. All of Silicon <laughs> Valley, <laughs> all of Silicon Valley is literally sitting there. They know how our brains work and they have figured this thing out so that you're getting these dopamine hits as you're in there. And it is sucking you deeper and deeper. So just understand that we are already at a loss anytime you pick up your phone or get on a social media platform. I deeply believe in having what I call grounding habits around social media because when we're in social media, we're dealing with a meetup world. You know, it's ones and zeros. It's your brain and other people's brains. It's not physical. There's no tangible stuff. So what I re recommend is before and after you were getting on a platform, you do what I call a grounding habit, which could be touching your toes, dancing, taking your dog for a walk, go check out the roses in your garden, do something in your physical body that makes you very, very present. And then you set a timer. You know, I have 15 minutes that I'm spending on this platform today. So the timer goes on, the timer goes off, you pull yourself off of the platform, and then you do another grounding ritual to bring you back into your body. This also helps for people who are neurodivergent because the dopamine hits can really, really affect them and they can have a crash 
like a emotional crash after they get off. So going for a walk afterwards can bring you back into stability with your emotions as well. Now with newer coaches that are just getting started with this, they're early in their business, they want to leverage social media, and there's this big C out there. Like, what is some advice that you have for new coaches to select the right platform for their niche? Like, how does a new coach go about that? There's so many things I can say, but what I want you to think is this is a long game. Social media is not going to change your business overnight. It just won't. So as you are building out your coaching practice, the care that you've put into that, let's put that care into your social media. Let's think, where do I want to be in a year? And let's start with something that you like. So there really is no wrong place. You can find anybody anywhere. But in general, you know, people in their later 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s are going to be on Facebook. Instagram is predominantly women in the 30s and 40s. LinkedIn, more business to business. So you can kind of pick a platform that you like and that is going to match you. And then I want you to start slow. Don't jump into a 30-day program because I promise you, you will burn out and it will be three months before you come back to it. But if you're doing this correctly, within six months, you should start to see people coming through and getting clients for you. And what I don't ever want you to forget is that you don't own your social media. You do own your email. And so the giant goal of social media is to convert people off of that platform and get them into your email list. Because social media, the great win of social media is that community building, that getting to know you. People are just so ready to be a part of what you've got going on. But the numbers on people clicking to buy are low. And so when you have them on your email list and they're following you on social media, you're doubling down and getting that person faster to the place where they're ready to work with you. A lot of people, they talk about how social media is, it's a non-negotiable for business success. Like if you're going to be in business and you're going to be successful, you have to do it. I know you're biased, but let me ask you, like, does somebody have to have a social media presence to be successful in their business? I think you at least have to own your platforms because what happens here, you know, if I'm looking to work with anyone and you probably especially in the coaching world, you know, you all have probably done this too. The first thing you do is Google someone and all of these platforms pay a lot of people a lot of money to make sure that Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn are showing up on page one for people. And so if you haven't at least owned your profile on these different platforms and have a somewhat current post, people are going to assume you're not real or you're not in business. Fortunately, unfortunately, that's the world we live in. To bring it back to my acting, like when I talk to actors about social media, I remind them that it used to be the studio's job to promote for us. And you had horrible things like gay men having to marry women because they were like, well, this is the story we want to tell of your life, you know, and that was the studio putting something on them. Now we get that story. We have the ability to tell people who we are and what we want. And it's the same for marketing. Like this is your power and it is free. And it is so amazing to be able to connect with people all over the world. So why not? I love it. I want to summarize some of the stuff. I know that there are so many more ways that we could talk about this topic. We dove into the conversation with lessons to use for social media with that you garnered from your acting career. Do the scene, get on camera, and then watch yourself as 
excruciating as that might feel, watch yourself back and then you'll understand how better to show up on that camera and it just keeps getting better and better and then easier and easier and we dove into the trepidation of putting yourself out there and you really helped us to reframe that it's more of a you know I just don't want to do that kind of feeling and you had us dive into the why making it about you that's what's driving that I don't want to do it feeling and instead make it about them who are we serving and getting very specific think of that one person and I love the tip that you shared with us reach out to them and ask them what do you want to hear from me I love how simple that you made it. I love that you took us into how social media interrupts our life and really to look at it, how can it fit within our lifestyle? It's not the other way around like so many people do, but it's like, well, here's how much time I have for my marketing, my business. And so that's what we can do. And that really consistency is what's critical over everything. You also talked about something else that's critical is that the quality of the content is even more important. You gave us that great hair routine analogy. What does it take for you to create great quality content? Let that be your frequency. Don't just say, oh, I got to do this every day. So let me cram something out there. But I love that reminder. And then you took us into this beautiful process about supporting our posts with engagement and about the posts are only 50% of it. Then the other 50% are about creating that engagement. And you gave us the review, respond, reach out process and really went granular in exactly how to do that. We talked about healthy boundaries. We talked about how to select the right platform. And you reminded us of a very important goal that whatever platform or platforms are being used, the goal is to get the people off that platform and onto our list. Lauren, any other parting words that you have for our listeners today? I love working with coaches so much. I'm so excited to be here. And the reason why I love working with coaches is there's a purpose to your work and you are changing the world. And I would love, love for you to jump on social and share it with more people because we deeply, deeply need you right now. We need to disrupt the way the world is and make it better. And that's what you do. And that's beautiful. So thank you all. I love it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches and also a big thank you to Lauren for this incredible conversation. You can find out more about her over at Instagram. You can go to instagram.com forward slash Lauren dot lit and that's lit with two T's. And in the show notes, you'll also find a link to her social media quiz. Lauren, thank you so much for coming to the show. It's been a true joy. Thank you so much. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mirror CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as To Lead is Human and Behind the Launch. Mishi Lance produced this episode. I wrote this episode together with her, and Cynthia Lamb is our supervising producer. Danny Innie is our executive producer. To catch the great episodes on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Mirror CFM's YouTube channel or your favorite podcast player. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment or a star review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you and see you next time. Miracy. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew 
He stitched and he sewed, and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.